Hey, I'm Simone Grace Soul. I'm a life coach who's built a six-figure business doing none of the things they said I should do. What's my secret? Being myself on social media and actually giving a shit about other people. In this podcast, I teach you how to do the same. Be your authentic self so you can serve more and earn more. All right, everybody, I'm here with my friend and colleague, Samantha Sifring, and we're going to talk about how to be in demand. Super fun topic, and I'm so proud and excited to bring her to my show. She has one too, but she'll tell you all about it. Could you introduce yourself, Samantha? Yes. Hello, everyone. I'm Samantha, and I am a business coach for moms. I help them to build really successful online businesses so that they can basically just have more choices and freedom in their life and in their lifestyle. Samantha and I met um, because we have the same coach um, and we are in a mastermind group together and um, we love to talk about how much money we're making. So I'm just going to ask her, um, actually, I want us to, I want to take you to 2018 and then I want you to tell me how much money you made in 2018 and then 2019 and how much money you made so far which at the time of recording we're like on the last day of february 2020 so let's go all the way back to 2018 how much did you money did you make in 2018 from your online business yes i made a little over 40,000 in 2018 from my business and in 2019 2019, I made 210000 from my online business. What? Okay. Right? She <laughs> five times her income. That's a thing that happens, just so everybody knows. And in the first couple months of 2020, how much money have you made? A little over 80000 <laughs> Yeah, crazy. <laughs> Dropped a bomb on you. It's crazy. Yeah. How it's fun is that? Really fun. Actually. Really fun. Lots of money is very fun. Yeah. And for the listeners, what I love about talking to Samantha, like when the two of us chat, is that when we are talking about money and opportunities and business growth, like we we don't have this idea like, oh, we're so special. We're so genius. Like we like figured this out and it's like so mysterious, right? Like we both genuinely believe that what she created and what I created is possible for anyone. Yeah. That's what we teach. <laughs> what we teach. Yeah. And so that's like her, her life's passion. It's my life's passion. And I want this to be an episode where you listen and you walk away thinking, oh, she's not a special unicorn. She's not a special genius. I can do it too. So mm -hmm. thank you for sharing those numbers. Super inspiring. And let's talk about how to create demand. Yeah. Um, actually, what are your first thoughts when I say, when I ask you that question? Yeah. So when you first asked me to be on the podcast and talk about this, I was like, initially like, oh, do I know anything about that? Which is really funny. I think this is like a weird thing that happens when you're growing really fast that like sometimes your brain forgets where you really are. So like my initial thought was like, oh, and then 
after that, I was like, oh yeah, well, I have a wait list until almost the summer and <laughs> I'm filling a group program. So I know how to create demand. I'm actually an expert on that. So this will be really fun to talk about. Yeah, it, that is true. Like we do have to kind of backtrack and think, wait, I do know this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really funny. It's still like sinking in, I think. Yeah. So you and I have both experienced what it's like when we weren't in demand, right? And nobody wants to work with us. And no matter how hard we try, nobody's reaching out, nobody's booking consults, nobody wants to pay us. And it's like super, it's awful. It's really challenging to get through that. And then we both experience like what it's like to have like a little demand. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, people are reaching out. What is happening? And then it grows and grows. So what do you think? Let's go all the way back to when you were, when you felt like you had no demand and you started to get like a little bit of demand. So if you could jog your memory, what, what happened that you started to create demand out of scratch? So what happened was I realized that pretty much the first step of creating demand is being visible and like known as an existing human being to your ideal clients. Like first they have to just be aware of your existence. (laughs) Step one. So that was the first thing that I really did. I started talking to as many people as possible. And I did this in Facebook groups. That's where I built it up um, and talked to everyone and was helpful. Or other people's Facebook groups. Other people's. Yeah. Mine had like two people in it. It was not (laughs) not a good place. There was not any demand in there yet. Yeah. So at that point, a lot of people, what they experience is I feel so weird talking about what I quote unquote do, which I don't even know if I do what I do because nobody's paying me for it. Right. Right. And then feeling so awkward, like taking up space and being in people's faces. They feel like they're spamming people. Um, what right do I have to call myself this? And looking like there's feeling like there's no factual evidence to back up how much they want to be showing up, right? And telling mm-hmm. them who they are and what they do. So what would be your advice for somebody in that boat? Like I hope yeah. that, oh, I should be showing up more, but I just feel so weird. Yeah. So what I've noticed is when you're in that period in your business, you have like waves of feeling confident and then waves of feeling helpless and and useless kind of. So in those moments when you're feeling confident, great, go be visible, go help, go be useful, talk to people. In the moments where you're not, what really helped me through was this quote, when you're feeling helpless, help someone. This is like what I would tell myself every day when I had that feeling. And then I would go into the Facebook groups and I would just be focused on helping someone. And of course, like with my advice and all of that, I would be sprinkling in like, this is what I do with my clients, or I'm happy to talk about this more. Let me know if you want to chat, feel free to DM me, those types of things. It wasn't just like, here's my opinions. I'm just a very opinionated person. I put my qualifications or an invitation on it as well. So Um, that really got me through. A lot of people would probably find themselves asking like, how do you walk the line between genuinely being helpful and being like self-promotion-y? Yeah. I think that quote was everything because I had it in my mind 
that I was helping someone. And just, I always thought about it this way. How can I be the best comment on the whole thread? So I didn't shy away from a thread that had like 200 comments on it. I would be like, what else did other people say? Okay, I'm going to be the best one. <laughs> so I guess that's a little self-promo. <laughs> but, but it wasn't about like, look at my stuff, look at my stuff. It was about like, I'm going to stand out by being the best. And I bet how you created that, how you did leave the best comment was by being the most thoughtful. Yep. Totally. Like you, you don't just say like, oh, here's what I do. Here's what I would say. Like you just really think about what would actually help this person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so good. And I hope everybody's taking notes. And you know what I was thinking? It's hilarious because that wasn't my process at all when I was creating today. <laughs> what did you do? Because you're so, I always think about personality differences between my friends and I. Yeah. Samantha is like super thoughtful and super like methodical. And I'm just like, hey, everybody, I'm here. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting because there's many people with my personality. Um, and really like what I thought of while um showing up, learning how to show up and create demand. And I wasn't thinking of it in terms of creating demand at the time, but getting people interested in what I had to say was just being so excited about the ideas that I had. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I felt like it was contagious. Like if I show up and get so excited about this and tell people why this matters and I just like word vomit my ideas, of course people will find it compelling. I mean, look at these ideas. If they're such cool mm -hmm. ideas. Yep. Right. And I think you had that thought, like, uh, what can I do to help? Like, was that the exact thought? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. What can I do to how help? How can I help them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, how can I help them? I think my thought was more like, people find the contents of my brain interesting and useful. Mm -hmm. Right? And which, <laughs> now that I say it juxtaposed <laughs> to yours, sounds really narcissistic. <laughs> Well, now I tell myself people pay me to rent out my brain for their business. So okay. very so mine was like a baby version of that. It's like, I, yeah. I wasn't thinking, but the thoughts weren't about how great I was. It's a, it was about like the quality of my ideas, right? I yeah. always thought like people find the contents of my brain interesting. And um, a lot of people, they don't realize that they have the option to just think that thought that their thoughts are valuable. And so they don't give themselves permission to just say it. Right. Mm -hmm. And if I said something that I thought was interesting and cool and nobody else responded, I was like, that's weird. Like, that is interesting. And I would, I would just keep like saying what was interesting for me. And I think doing that consistently, um, drew like an audience of people around me. Yeah. I think it's really similar thoughts though. Just like I have something to give exactly. to the world, right? Yes. Like I have value. Yes, totally. You definitely need to establish that <laughs> yeah. to be able to be in demand. Right. And when you think I have value, I have something to give, whether you're in somebody else's Facebook group or in a networking event or at your friend's birthday party, wherever you are or on your own Facebook profile, like that's how you're, like, you're going to establish like a gravity center. And then people like gather around you and people are going to be interested in you because you are believing that you have value to give. And then you're going to be giving value because you have that thought. Yep. 
I love it. Perfect. So my next question is, as you started um, getting people interested in what you do, how did you kind of, how did you turn that into like a fully fledged business, right? Where it's not just interest, like demand trickling in, it's like you ramp up demand all the way to you have a fully booked calendar and you're making a real living. And in your case, like very impressive living, right? So how did that ramp up happen? How did you create even more value? Yeah. So like I said, I started out in other people's Facebook groups. I also started my own and that was kind of like the hub of my value where I would put out tons and tons of things. And I am just, we're both like this really quite prolific content creators. Like we just have lots of ideas and lots of things to say and we put them out. And I feel like, I feel like everybody would have that if they would just consistently put stuff out, they would find more stuff renews every day. They, everybody would have that if they were consistently putting stuff out because they were believing I have something to offer. Like I have that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yep. So kind of like if you would open the doors of your mind and let yourself show up and do this every day, you'll see like there's like a new thing there to say every day. Yeah. I get so many people because I coach a lot of people on visibility. I get so many people telling me, I just don't know what to say. Like I don't have like these amazing words flowing out of my mouth like you do. And I was Mm -hmm. like, really? Like people don't believe me when I say this. So I have Samantha backing me up now. So I'm just going to say this again. (laughs) Because the only difference between me and you, if you're not if you don't have all the words is that you have trained your brain to believe that you have nothing to say. And I have trained my, my brain to believe I always have some value to give. I, I, I have interesting things to say. What I have to say is useful. Like it's just that little shift that you make in the beginning it might first feel awkward if you're used to thinking the opposite, but once you get more used to it, you're going to find that it does create that flow that Samantha is talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I agree. So then I just showed up and did that. I just showed up and did that for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> just. But I, I want to ask that, you. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I did want to ask you, as you were showing up and providing value in your group, so I'm running a challenge. We're actually at the end of the challenge in my group, which is called um, the Month of Um. And the and um, UMM is an acronym that I've made up that stands for Uncomfortable Marketing Moments. <laughs> Because we have so many of them. <laughs> we totally do. <laughs> and because most of the time we think what we're supposed to do is avoid uncomfortable marketing moments. And when they happen, we make it mean that something went wrong and we failed. But I was like, actually, how you grow a business is that you like amass as many ums as possible. <laughs> I think that is so right. <laughs> And just like when you said that, I was like, oh, I have so many. Um, oh, many. Because people were like, oh, Simone, you're so successful. I would always think, like, yeah, that's because I had way more ums than you mm-hmm. and bigger ums than you. Like if you get as many ums under your belt, and actually somebody came up with this acronym in my group yesterday, FUMS, it's mm-hmm. effing uncomfortable marketing moment. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> like if you stack up as much as I have, you will for sure be as successful as I am, if not more. So that brings me to ask, I have ums on my mind. Can you think of me, can you think of some thumbs that you had 
on your way to creating demand, like uncomfortable things that happen? Does anything come to your mind? Yeah. The first thing that came to my mind was doing Facebook lives and like my progression with that because the first few that I ever did, I was terrified mm-hmm. and I would just like sit there. This is why people feel like they're working so hard and they're really getting no results because I would sit there for like an hour thinking about going live with it on pulled up on my phone, like looking at myself, but not clicking go live. And then like dying on the inside. <laughs> yes. And sometimes I would chicken out and sometimes I would actually follow through and do it. And I'm sure they were terrible. Who cares? Right? Like they're all terrible at the beginning. Um, and then I got really comfortable with going live and no one watching. And it was just this thing I do. I just talk to myself on the internet. And I remember the first time there was ever the sign that somebody was watching live and it was like dying inside all over again. I had gotten so comfortable. I was so nervous. I was like, I don't even know what the thought was. It's like someone's watching. Oh no, someone's actually watching. (laughs) Right. Like I better not screw this up because somebody's actually taking the time to look at it. It was terrifying. I'm sure it was also awful. (laughs) My lives, like, I guess they're good now, but like, (laughs) I'm just never worried about it. How many lives do you think you did before, like, you had one person watching? Oh, at least 10, but probably more. And how many lives do you think you did before you felt, like, comfortable? Um... I don't know, maybe 50 or more. Okay. Really want everybody to hear that. Yeah. Right. Like, cause I have people say to me like, oh my God, like I worked up all of this courage to go live for the first time and nobody watched. I'm a failure. I'm like, okay, That's a go gift. do that. <laughs> do that 50 times and then come back to me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Nobody watching is a gift. And I think that had been my thought. Like, oh, it doesn't really matter what happens. No one's here. And I'd gotten comfortable with that thought. This is a gift. And then someone was there and I was like, you took away my gift. (laughs) I'm not supposed to have an audience. (laughs) That's hysterical. It's like you get what you wish for. 10 people watching. Now what are you going to say? Better not mess it up. (laughs) I know. Yeah. The other day I'm in a launch right now. And the other day I did a webinar as part of it. And I didn't realize until too late that my Zoom webinar had a cap of 100 people. And there was like a bunch of people being like, I can't get in, in my email and on Facebook after. Like there was more than 100 people who wanted to come watch. Blew my mind. And how long ago was it when you were thinking, nobody's watching, it's a gift? Two years ago. Yeah. So if nobody's watching your live now, if you just keep going in two years you could have people email you saying, I can't get in your webinar because there's a hundred people. Just say it. Yep. Okay. I I love talking about ums because there's just going to be so much of it. Right. And what I love about what Samantha did was she turned it into like, she decided what she wanted to think about it. Oh, nobody's watching. That means that I can just say whatever. It doesn't even matter. (laughs) Yeah. That'll serve you until someone shows up. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Where? (laughs) Um, and the thing is, you don't know who those first 10, 15 lives helped, right? Because like somebody- I have no idea. Yeah. You could just say something really inarticulate, but you might say like the one sentence that somebody randomly really needed to hear that one day. 
Can you help them? Yeah. Here's what's also fun. So many of those are in my Facebook group. And every once in a while now, somebody will go watch one from like two years ago and comment on it. I am so fascinated when it happens because it will pop up to the top of the thread in my group or the, the feed. And initially, it will show like 19 views or 15 views or whatever. And suddenly... And then over the course of the day, it starts getting all these comments and hundreds of views. And I'm like, this is from two years ago. I don't do makeup <laughs> like lives from the carpool line anymore. <laughs> oh my God. I love seeing that in people that I admire. It's like, oh, they weren't just born like that, right? Yeah. It's really Absolutely. like it's humanizing and makes people fall in love with you more. That's what I think. I think okay. so. So now, logical progression, let's talk about what happened after you built up demand to like a full, like thriving business and then just like taking it to the next level, right? Where you really establish yourself as an expert in your field. And not only are you like making a a good living, it's like, I am the demand, like, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I have so much to give, right? So tell me about that jump and me, like what was the most like instrumental ingredient of that? Yeah. Well, what's been fun is that you've seen that jump in right. me, right? Yeah. And I think the most instrumental period or piece of that has really been both kind of like owning my expertise and starting to develop my own concepts and ideas And also getting better at writing really compelling copy. Like before I was just like putting stuff together and people liked it and it was fine. But through our mastermind, I really decided to study messaging and copy in that last round of it. And it really shifted everything for me. And it took me from like, you know, consistent clients signing up in a decent sized audience to mega wait list and the group that's filling and all of those things, just mastering my messaging, both like getting in the head of my ideal client a little bit, little bit better. And also my ideas, like I said, so I have a thought and I wonder if you agree with me. So my opinion is that what you just said, like if you're in the beginning stages of building your business, they should just like totally forget that you, that you just said that. Yeah. Like it does not matter. Just show up. (laughs) Do not worry about your messaging. Do not worry about like creating a program or concept or like nailing down copy in the beginning. Like if your brain tries to tell you that's important, like block it out. That is not what you need to be worried about. I mean, don't worry, don't be worried about anything, but like put your focus back on what Samantha and I said about like her beginning, like just show up, help show up everywhere as much as you can. And help people as much as you can. It does not even matter what you say. It doesn't matter if you go on video and you're not nailing your messaging. That is not the point. So I really want to say that. How do you know if you're at a point where you should be thinking about refining your messaging? Cause that is not for everybody in every step of the business. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of depends. You know, when you said that I was thinking about my clients that I've worked on messaging with, and I think it's really applicable once you 
are starting to know what that message is. So if you're somebody who's like, oh my God, I don't know my message. Like, I don't know. Like if you don't have a niche or something, like go out and help people, right? But I think once you start developing your own audience, once you start like having a thing that you're helping people with, whether you're calling it a niche or not, I don't really care. But at that point, you do want to come up with a really simple and clear way to express that. And I don't think it's a dollar amount in your business or a number of clients necessarily. I think it's just like, it's almost like the thing has to kind of come to you, right? And it comes to you and like, it's messy form as like a hint of an idea. And that's when it's time to do the work to make it clear, something you can say anytime, something that is really compelling to your audience and that kind of thing. So if you are wondering what your thing is, it's because your thing hasn't come to you yet. Yeah. I completely agree. And I think a lot of people try to force their thing because they think that once they have a thing, that's going to solve all their problems. Mm-hmm. I think as Samantha said, the thing, it comes to you when you have enough experience and when you have helped enough people and when you have worked your brain enough, like with like people out in the world, then you're going to find in my experience that you're, you're going to find that you keep talking about the same thing over and over. You yes. keep coaching on the same thing over and over and you keep finding yourself thinking about the same things over and over. And then you're like, wait, do I have a thing? Yeah. Right. And then you're like, I have a thing. Right. And if you're not having that moment of like, oh, is this my thing? Then you, then you don't worry about it. Yep. Yeah. And I've had that happen with clients very early in their business. And I've had it happen with clients way late, you know? And it's, I mean, it's not, not like late, like it's too late. It's just like later. Later And there's no wrong time for it to come. But I think you'll know when it's there and you'll know like, okay, this needs some tidying up. And also I think you can make a lot of money without ever having like, this is my exact specific super narrow thing. Totally. Yeah. I've started this new thing with clients who don't really have their like thing yet where I help them with messaging for their non-thing. Love it. Yeah. (laughs) It's really fun. So I think that there are ways to make that happen. Like I have one client who coaches with the model and her message is I can help people get whatever they, whatever result they want in their life. I help them do that with their thoughts and their feelings and what they do. Totally. Like, I love it. It's perfect. It's exactly what you do. And there's lots of people who want lots of things and they need you. Totally. So you can make a thing out of your non thing. If you know how to talk about it Mm -hmm. and you believe that it has value. Totally. I think this, that's where a lot of people go wrong too. They're like, oh, because it's not like super narrowly defined, it doesn't have value. It's like, no, stop thinking that. Yeah. I just hired a life coach, just a plain, no niche life coach. <laughs> totally. That is a thing. So um, when you feel like you have your thing, that's when you want to narrow down your, your messaging and copy. Now, everybody's probably wondering, so I'm going to ask on their behalf, what's your number one um, advice or tip for somebody who wants to get better at messaging and copy once they have their thing? Yeah. Number one, always remember the result that your ideal client wants. Now, 
I find that a lot of people like make that mean a lot of things and they get really confused about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so much drama about that. So can you elucidate what that means a little bit more? Because people, I have so many people telling me, I don't know what results I offer people. Right? Yeah. They know. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely know. And if you're one of those people, chances are you're afraid to say the result because you're afraid that you can't help them get it. Mm -hmm. And that's the work. And I think the most powerful work there is not doing the work to be like, well, it's in their hands to get the result. And I'm just here to show them their thoughts or whatever. Like, if you're somebody who does have a clear result, like for us, right? Helping people with their businesses, that kind of thing. I think it's so powerful to own the result and do the work to be the coach who can make that happen, who really knows how to teach people to get that result. It's been so powerful for me to do that work. One of the things that I, that is a mantra for me lately that I love talking about is this, don't decide who you are based on who you think you are. Decide who you are based on who you want to be and become her. Yep. And so one of the ways I think about that myself is decide what kind of coach I want to be and, and decide what kind of results I want to feel super confident offering my clients yes. and then decide that you're just going to become that coach. Like what would yep. it take for if you could guarantee your results? Who would you have to be in order for you to say, okay, if you work with me, you're going to get this super impressive result. And I know exactly how to take you there. That might not be how you feel right now, but who would you have to become in order to think that and then do the work mm -hmm. to become that just decide yeah. if that's who you are right now. Yeah. And your marketing gets so much better when you do that work. I've spent the past few months doing that work because I do help people make money and I really wanted to document how do I do that? so that I can replicate that with everybody that I work with. And so I've really been like digging into like, what are the most important things? What's actually going to make the difference for people in their business and identifying those things. Now it's like, wow, now my messaging is even more clear because I'm getting such a system down that I walk people through. I think like that work is the, some of the best work you can do as a coach. Totally. Um, and I want everyone to know that this is all of this applies, even if you are not coaching on something like business yeah, right, or something that you can track with numbers. Mm -hmm. um, what are some ways that this could apply to somebody who has like, who has a, who has a focus that's not like super like businessy or numbery? Yeah. I just think about how could you measure the result? Like what's the work you're doing with people? What's the thing that they want? right? Like as we think about people sign up for coaching because they have a problem they want to solve. What is that problem? What is that solution? I think getting clear on that helps you to understand like, is there something that's somewhat measurable here? And, you know, like Danielle with better sex, like how do you define better sex? She has been working through like how she wants to define that. But I think I think there's always something, right? It could be more frequent or I love that we're going on the sex tangent. <laughs> always. 
<laughs> or, or like how many orgasms or how often is she initiating? Like all of these different pieces. Right. And I think it's up to you as the coach to decide, like, what's that measurable variable going to yeah, be? That's such a good example. So if you're wondering, we're talking about our colleague, Danielle Savory. She's a sex coach. If you're wondering, I need that. Go look her up. <laughs> um, but I think that's so good. So one question that I love for elucidating that is that if you think you're, for example, helping with like mental health or like more happiness or something that you think might be a little bit more nebulous, like ask yourself, like, like Samantha said, if you could measure it, how would you measure it? And also another way I would put that is if you got the change that you want in that area of life, how would you know? Yeah. Love that question. Right? Like if you were as happy as you wanted to be, wave a magic wand. I am the happiest that I ever wanted to be. How would you know? What would be different about your life? Mm -hmm. Right? Confidence. Is that, is that nebulous? Like, how would you know if you got the exact confidence you want? How would you be showing up differently? What would that change in your life? Like, those are all the ways you could get down to the specifics without it having to be like, I'll make you, I'll help you make $8,000 a month. Right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So good. I think that so much of what we said is going to help people create so much demand. Yes. <laughs> Toot our own horns. That was a good conversation. <laughs> I'm excited for people to listen and get results. That's like the best thing, getting results from podcasts and just our free content that we put out. Yeah. There were so many things that we talked about, like so many little points that you could go and implement right now. Like, Go do a live and have no one watch and decide that that's okay. Like that's an action that you can take, right? Go out, go out and tell someone what you do and who you are and have them like not be interested in, in you at all and decide that that's okay, right? Mm -hmm. Go out and comment on a, a thread and say, and think to yourself, I'm going to make this the most thoughtful, helpful thing that I can say to them right? Offer help to somebody who needs it. Like all, there's so many things that we said you could start implementing today. And I suggest that, I mean, you can come back and listen, but pick one thing that you're going to go implement today and do it. Yes. I love it. It's just reminded me one thing I want to add. Somebody in my group the other day was like, commenting on one of my things about, I was talking about consults and discovery calls, like getting calls on your calendar. And she was like, well, people are declining to get on the phone with me. <laughs> and I just commented, how many people do you think decline to get on the phone with me? <laughs> like probably hundreds, maybe thousands. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, that people say that in my group too. It's like, I made an offer in my email and I put like, I spent five hours on it and nobody responded. I bet Simone never gets no responses. And I was like, um, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> it's like I have made so many more offers than I've ever had responses to them. Right. Yes, absolutely. And we have made so many more offers that got no's than anybody else who might be saying this to us has made offers, period. Exactly. So good. Yes. So it's just a weird assumption that we have about people who we perceive to be successful. It's like, oh, I bet they never get no's. I bet they always like knew what to say. I bet they always like knew the answer or they were always confident. Like as this podcast proves, none of that is true. 
like really like if there's one thing that I want you to leave this podcast with, it's like, I'm not special. Samantha's not special. We just like had so many ums. We failed a lot. And then we decided that it was okay. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> we just right. kept adding more ums and fums to the pile. Yeah, keep more, keep adding more ums and fums and just like, how can I help? I have value. Like mm-hmm. add to the world. The world is better because I'm in it. I love it. Yay. Sounds like a good place to wrap up. Samantha, thank you so much. It's so cool because I'm in Korea. Samantha's in Colorado. We live in a brave new world where we can do this. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. And so many little golden nuggets for people to implement. That's right. So excited for y'all to hear it. Okay. I'll talk to you later, Samantha, and I'll talk to all of you later as well. Bye. If you took the head.